Chapter Eight of Three Years by Anton Chekhov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Eight. Towards the end of October, Nina Fyodorovna had unmistakable symptoms of a relapse. There was a change in her face, and she grew rapidly thinner in spite of acute pain she still imagined that she was getting better and got up and dressed every morning as though she were well and then lay on her bed fully dressed for the rest of the day and towards the end she became very talkative she would lie on her back and talk in a low voice speaking with an effort and breathing painfully she died suddenly under the following circumstances it was a clear moonlight evening in the street people were tobogganing in the fresh snow and their clamour floated in at the windows nina fyodorovna was lying on her back in bed and sasha who had no one to take turns with her now was sitting beside her half asleep i don't remember his father's name nina fyodorovna was saying softly but his name was ivan kochevoy a poor clerk he was a sad drunkard the kingdom of heaven be his he used to come to us and every month we used to give him a pound of sugar and two ounces of tea and money too sometimes of course yes and then this is what happened our kochevoy began drinking heavily and died consumed by vodka he left a little son a boy of seven poor little orphan we took him and hid him in the clerk's quarters and he lived there for a whole year without father's knowing and when father did see him he only waved his hand and said nothing when kostya the little orphan was nine years old by that time i was engaged to be married i took him round to all the day schools i went from one to the other and no one would take him and he cried what are you crying for little silly i said i took him to rasgulye to the second school where god bless them for it they took him and the boy began going every day on foot from pyatninsky street to rasgulye street and back again alyosha paid for him by god's grace the boy got on was good at his lessons and turned out well he's a lawyer now in moscow a friend of alyosha's and so good in science yes we had compassion on a fellow-creature and took him into our house and now i dare say he remembers us in his prayers yes nina fyodorovna spoke more and more slowly with long pauses then after a brief silence she suddenly raised herself and sat up there's something the matter with me something seems wrong she said lord have mercy on me oh i can't breathe sasha knew that her mother would soon die seeing now how suddenly her face looked drawn she guessed that it was the end and she was frightened mother you mustn't she began sobbing you mustn't run to the kitchen let them go for father i am very ill indeed sasha ran through all the rooms calling but there were none of the servants in the house and the only person she found was lida asleep on a chest in the dining-room with her clothes on and without a pillow sasha ran into the yard just as she was without her galoshes and then into the street on a bench at the gate her nurse was sitting watching the tobogganing from beyond the river where the tobogganing slope was came the strains of a military band nurse mother's dying sobbed sasha you must go for father the nurse went upstairs and glancing at the sick woman thrust a lighted wax candle into her hand sasha rushed about in terror and besought someone to go for her father then she put on a coat and a kerchief and ran into the street 
from the servants she knew already that her father had another wife and two children with whom he lived in bazarny street she ran out of the gate and turned to the left crying and frightened of unknown people she soon began to sink into the snow and grew numb with cold she met an empty sledge but she did not take it perhaps she thought the man would drive her out of town rob her and throw her into the cemetery the servants had talked of such a case at tea she went on and on sobbing and panting with exhaustion when she got into bazarny street she inquired where m panarov lived an unknown woman spent a long time directing her and seeing that she did not understand took her by the hand and led her to a house of one story that stood back from the street the door stood open sasha ran through the entry along the corridor and found herself at last in a warm lighted room where her father was sitting by the samovar with a lady and two children but by now she was unable to utter a word and could only sob panarov understood mother's worse he asked tell me child is mother worse he was alarmed and sent for a sledge when they got home nina fyodorovna was sitting propped up with pillows with a candle in her hand her face looked dark and her eyes were closed crowding in the doorway stood the nurse the cook the housemaid a peasant called prokofy and a few persons of the humbler class who were complete strangers the nurse was giving them orders in a whisper and they did not understand inside the room at the window stood lida with a pale and sleepy face gazing severely at her mother panarov took the candle out of nina fyodorovna's hand and frowning contemptuously flung it on the chest of drawers this is awful he said and his shoulders quivered nina you must lie down he said affectionately lie down dear she looked at him but did not know him they laid her down on her back when the priest and the doctor sergey borisovitch arrived the servants crossed themselves devoutly and prayed for her what a sad business said the doctor thoughtfully coming out into the drawing-room why she was still young not yet forty they heard the loud sobbing of the little girls panarov with a pale face and moist eyes went up to the doctor and said in a faint weak voice do me a favour my dear fellow send a telegram to moscow i'm not equal to it the doctor fetched the ink and wrote the following telegram to his daughter madame panarov died at eight o'clock this evening tell your husband a mortgaged house for sale in dvoryansky street nine thousand cash auction on twelfth advise him not to miss opportunity End of chapter eight recording by expatriate in bangor maine